0: Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Watch your back, Charlie. Hello. I'm Captain Captain of The U.S.S. Forfeiture.
1: I'm Captain Captain of The U.S.S. Forfeiture. Do it. Captain,
0: Cap- Welcome to The Greatest Generation. It's a Star Trek podcast by a couple of guys who are just a little bit embarrassed to have a Star Trek podcast. I'm Ben Harrison.
1: I'm Adam Pranica.
0: Boy, Adam, the days are getting shorter. Yeah, it looks dark over there. I'm looking at the lighting in my room and it's, I just got up to get myself alcohol and what I should have done is got up and turn on the goddamn lights. Yeah. (laughs) Halloween has already happened. We can't have a spooky episode. I'm going to get up and turn on the lights. Don't talk shit about me while I'm off mic, okay?
1: I would never. Look at Ben. Just fucking flaunting his electricity. Ooh, I have lights in my studio. Meanwhile, I'm recording under a fucking improvised tent made out of bedsheets.
0: Oh, boy. I hope you weren't talking shit about me.
1: I would never. No. All good things. <sighs> I should have done this a long time ago. Also all good things.
0: <laughs> that was a good Star Trek joke, Adam. That's why you're the best in the biz.
1: Best in the business. That's me. Yeah. You always ask me how I'm doing. This time I'm going to ask you, Ben. <laughs> How you doing? I'm just just having a day, man. I'm having a day. Before the show, I I texted you. I said, are you in a good headspace for this? Are you in a good heart space for this? (laughs) And your response was, I'm here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm uh, really hoping that this is one of those episodes that like, uh, you know, like those ones where you step to the mic and you're just in no fucking mood and and then you walk away and you're like, that is just what I needed, man. It always is. Every time. I want that from this episode. It's a sure thing. I had a dentist appointment and I needed to go get some new glasses and they're both in the same side of town, which is not the side of town I live on. So it's a big expedition.
1: You don't want to confuse those doctors.
0: I had the idea that we would do glasses first and then I would go hit my dentist appointment, but a combination of actually this is a, an opportunity for me to thank you the uh, the baby gift that your wife and uh, you got for us was uh, some seshes with some house cleaners yeah you did it one of the most lovely and thoughtful gifts anybody has ever gotten uh, me well really more for the baby but uh...
1: we told them to spend extra time on on your areas of the house specifically. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean you said uh, this baby is not going to be living in a clean place unless <laughs> unless we do this for them. But the cleaners showed up maybe 5 minutes late and I think left like 20 minutes late like oh they were supposed to be here at 9 they got here at 905 they they packed out at like 11:20 which put me 20 minutes behind my desired 8 ball. Yeah. And then The baby was hungry en route, so we had to stop and feed him, and then, like... Outrageous. We needed lunch, and so, like, by the time everything was sorted, I had to go straight to the dentist and, like, was almost... I was, like, on time to the dentist. I, like, barely got there on time with no trip to get glasses. So we put the trip to get glasses on the back end. Hey, when's daddy getting lunch? I I had lunch while the baby was eating. It was fine. Okay. We parked in the parking lot of a delightful burrito restaurant, oh. and I got a burrito. But then, um, yeah. the <laughs> So, got glasses, but it was one of those, like, you put in home on the GPS, and it's like, this will take 30 minutes, and, like, the drive is, like, right when 90% of Los Angeles decided that this was a great time to get in their car and do some driving around, LA traffic
1: cast. We haven't done this in a while.
0: Yeah. It wound up taking like an hour to get home on an estimated 30 minute drive.
1: I've been remarkably, like of all of the stresses in my life, the driving stress has not been a thing. I just know it's going to be bad. (laughs) So I go into it serene
0: and free. I think I would have been more serene, but... um... I was the passenger. Oh. My wife and I share a car. She was driving this time. And I think that uh, this is a thing that you've identified in yourself long ago, which is that like you cope better with the stress when you're behind the wheel. For sure. And um, I, think I, I think if I had been driving, I would have been less of a stress ball. Didn't help that the baby was really upset also. <laughs> yeah. It's just all the way around. I've had an afternoon, man.
1: You can't have a babe in arms in the front seat of a car, right? For airbag reasons.
0: No, that would be unsafe at any speed. So what do you do? Do you sit in the back? No, there's the baby sits in the back. I was thinking I probably should have sat in the back because he was so upset and like it would have been helpful to be able to like reach over and comfort him. Yeah. But I don't know if I would have actually been able to comfort him or not. I don't know. It's really not your way.
1: With the comforting. I don't know how to do this. (laughs) You're doing fine. Do you have one of those giant rear view mirrors that has like eight different panels at different angles on it so you can see everything going on in the back seat?
0: No, we have this one that's supposed to go on like the back headrest so that you look in the rear view mirror and then it bounces off the back headrest and you can see the baby in the car seat. Oh. It's like a second layer of reflection.
1: Yeah, that's confusing.
0: But- the straps are were designed by somebody who's never seen the headrest in a car so <laughs> they they don't hold it up there and uh i think we have to get another one that actually works
1: <laughs> that's what we should have gotten you as your baby gift
0: yeah you're really fucked up
1: we should have had a a group of house cleaners install it <laughs> that way you'll know it's done right that way <laughs> well, it really sounds like uh, a day with a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B, right? A little bit of hope and a little bit of fear, mm.
0: you think? Yeah. Got some cool new uh, sunglasses and some uh, some cool new regular glasses.
1: Are you wearing the regs right now for the Friends of DeSoto to see?
0: No, no, no. Uh, when you have a uh, prescription, you, you pick out the frames and then they have to go like make the lens. Yeah. It, so.
1: It's time consuming to cut the bottom out of so many Coke bottles.
0: <laughs> and And glue them together, right yeah, Preement, uh yeah, that's exactly what it is. so two weeks from now, the folks watching at home will get to see my uh my cool new specs.
1: Are glasses a choice for you, or are you like, can you not wear contacts? You've worn contacts before right? Oh, I could
0: wear contacts.
1: There was an era for you that was just millhouse eyes, right
0: i was I was telling the eye doctor the other day. Uh, When I went in for my optometry appointment, that I I gave up on contacts when I was in my like early to mid twenties, primarily because I kept like sleeping over in an unexpected place and then like not having any way of like dealing with the fact that there were contacts in my eyes, so I'd have to sleep with them in.
1: Oh, listen to your exciting early twenties.
0: Yeah, I. Went over to a party and couldn't close the deal, but did get too drunk and had to sleep on the couch. I need my glasses. It was so exciting. That's great. That's awesome. I did not correct the uh, optometrist when she made the assumption that I was referring to... uh, a 20s that was not squandered. <laughs>
1: mm. You know what? That's a much better pivot into our episode title today, isn't it? <laughs>
0: yeah. That is some real H&F. Yeah. It's the finale of season four. I can't believe we're already here. I know. Seems like we're just tearing through Voyager. Were you expecting a cliffhanger? Um, No, I don't think I was. I sure was. Well... Uh, We'll get into whether or not this episode makes Cliff Kids out of us. It's season four, episode 26, Hope and Fear. Rebirth course.
1: Unless you've got something a little bigger in your torpedo tubes, I'm not turning around. The cold open made me think that Starfleet is an organization with a frisbee-based recreation culture. <laughs> because when I saw velocity being played here, I'm like this is why the suck disc game was so popular. Everyone knew generally how to play a game with a frisbee in it.
0: Yeah. I mean, suck disc must have been like sort of disappointing. He's like, "What? You don't even shoot the disc? <laughs> <laughs> I you know what I bet when they were testing
1: suck disc on people in Starfleet, a bunch of the early players would like reflexively pull out a dust buster and aim it at their own head. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're not supposed to shoot those Frisbees. No.
0: This is not going to work if, if you stun yourself. The first
1: versions of that game before the patch,
0: Ben, hmm. killed many, yeah.
1: many people.
0: I was uh, just watching an episode of Prodigy the other day, and one of them had suck disc in their locker. Mm-hmm. This is very early in a in a child's life to be experimenting with psychosomatic headsets. Psychoactive? Is that what the word I'm looking for? Whatever this thing does, it must
1: feel pretty good. It's pretty forgiving that you're just a patch away from fixing a game. Yeah. You know what we missed at the end of that episode of TNG was the after-mission report where they're like, now I know we should probably destroy all of these units, but... <laughs> <laughs> Let's not. <laughs> I mean,
0: this was a fun game, right? Like, yeah. without the psychoactive properties. What they probably did was they applied the sort of ethos behind Synthahol to Sectis. They're they, right. uh, they were yeah. like, what if this made you feel good, but then you could dismiss the deleterious effects when you needed to?
1: Yeah. What is Frisbee without cocaine? It's, uh, it's still pretty fun.
0: It's, still, <laughs> still, it, it's a hoot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,. Bridgeview Without Cocaine is basically like (laughs) what Santa Cruz is as a place, right? (laughs) 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 Who knew about Seven of Nine's like upper arm implant? We've never seen this before. Yeah,
1: have not. But I also have to say this. I'm I'm a person with long hair. Look at me, Ben. My hair is basically at pandemic lengths at this point. It's been months since I've had a haircut. I'm
0: watching these two people... What are you thinking about getting one? Are you uh, are you gonna get that like back to pre pandemic at some point? Or
1: I yeah I don't know I'm too busy. <laughs> you got two characters running around vigorously, shooting at frisbees. Neither of them wearing headbands. Hmm. I was shocked by this. How is it that their hair stayed out of their faces?
0: It's impossible for me. It's almost like these people are not aware that there's a headband for sale at Podshop.biz. I know. A Jim Shimoda headband, specifically. Podshop.biz!
1: I loved how dynamic the scene was, and all scenes of Velocity, really.
0: Yeah, it was cool. I like that Seven is, like, not much of a sportsman. Good game for you. She's, like, really taking it personally that she lost and, and, like, wants an immediate rematch despite... Janeway having a job and having to go do shit.
1: Once you make a phaser and make it sports-able, racket sports must suck in comparison, right? (laughs) Who's playing racket sports after the phaser? Yeah, what is Chief O'Brien doing? I don't know. I don't get it. What is Bashir doing? Tell you what Janeway's doing. Winning. (laughs) She's wiping the floor with Seven here, and Seven is pissed because... She's looking at her upper arm implant. She's looking at her tussled hair, and she's like, this is how a winner looks. I have all these advantages, and this should be easy. You're a middle-aged lady, (laughs) and I'm an XB. Yeah. This is insane.
0: This is madness, but uh, she's going to have to sit and marinate on that because Janeway marches out of the room, and we go to our theme music.
1: I think it is so savage that Janeway overrides the computer so that Seven can't play another game. This is like a mom yanking the power cord out of the back of a Nintendo. Game's
0: over. Oh, yeah. Did your parents ever do the thing where they, they didn't confiscate the console, but they confiscated the special adapter cable that yeah. like went in between the antenna and the and the little coaxial jack on the back of the TV? You know why they did that? Hmm. They wanted you to look at it and be teased by it.
1: horrible
0: so fucked up i wish to
1: play again not today
0: so when we come back from the credits janeway's basically doing a log that's like hey remember that encoded message we got way back when right how many episodes back was that it seems like it was a real a real long time ago
1: i mean in an actual time she says five months
0: but it it doesn't seem like that many episodes ago, right? Message in a bottle, I think would have been the w- would have been the one, right? The Andy Dick episode, and so that was episode fourteen. That's twelve episodes ago. Twelve episodes equals five months. I guess so. Math, 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 math. Wow. Janeway has like literally been up all night working on this. How many, like? Can can this ship function with a captain that is getting as little sleep as this implies she might be getting?
1: I don't know, man. I, I'm seeing Janeway in the mess hall and when Jakote walks in, he says it's five in the morning. Yeah. Maya thought immediately went to, where the hell is Neelix and why hasn't he started breakfast prep?
0: Is this one of those things where you're like, well, if the captain can be up all night like doing essentially a math problem to see if maybe she can decode this and then the ship runs basically fine is her like it's sort of the same thing as like a if you could be the ceo of a car company a rocket ship company and a social network is being a ceo really that big of a deal as a job
1: <laughs> yeah i mean something in your life has to suffer right <laughs> something about you as a person
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe that's the trade-off.
1: That's a great question, Ben, because it made me wonder to what extent a captain is allowed to have a bad day. Right. Because she's creating a bad day for herself here. She really is. You might want to grab some sleep. We've got a big day ahead. I will in a while. The 5 a.m.ness, though, is not referred to again in a way that I was disappointed by. Like, she should be struggling.
0: Yeah, she should be struggling for the rest of the episode yeah. and- isn't this scene happened to be the one over which the salad of writers yeah. splashed. Not the same thing. Teleplay by Brandon Braga and Joe Minoski. Story by Rick Berman, Brandon Braga, and Joe Minoski. So Right.
1: So all the nude scenes, you know who gets the credit there.
0: <laughs> yeah. I guess so. A lot of cooks in this kitchen, but not the kitchen on Voyager. No cook in there.
1: The moment I thought about where Neelix might be and why he's not in the back opening up a dozen number 10 cans of (laughs) fucking slop, Chakotay (laughs) tells Janeway and the viewer that he's heading back in a shuttle with Paris, and it's loaded up with with supplies, with raw materials, Ben.
0: Yeah, I was really excited to see what shuttle they picked for this. Neelix also has a hitchhiker, and the captain has granted permission for this hitchhiker to catch a ride to the next star system yeah
1: seems like a good trade to me
0: yeah not too bad this guy was
1: instrumental in in packing the shuttlecraft full of shit doing
0: a bunch of local deals yeah but then we cut to an exterior and it's a bunk bed shuttle coming back to the ship yeah
1: they were under shuttled for this one weren't they
0: but then when you see the cargo area, it's like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, where <laughs> did you put that stuff in the bunk bed? <laughs> you really, like, you clown card that fucking ship. They did not have continuity of
1: cargo here, I don't think.
0: <laughs> it didn't make sense. You didn't have room for the, like, novelty rubber ramen noodle bowl mm-hmm. and also all of those barrels of raw materials, did you? I hope that's not going to the mess hall.
1: It would seem as though, much like in parts of Europe, you'll see a, a tractor trailer and like three or four trailers behind it. Oh, yeah. If you don't need a cargo section to be pressurized or filled with air or whatever, it seems like you should be able to tow. Yeah. A bunch of your gear behind you, right?
0: You know, when they do the HD remaster of Voyager, they should have the the shuttle fly toward the ship with just a tractor beam that's like just a a chaos of barrels (laughs) (laughs) and crates.
1: I love this idea. Yeah. It could be that messy. I know you don't want to do
0: it. Do it. Coffee Black.
1: Make it yourself. I'm trying to help you
0: see this as an opportunity to grow. Make it yourself. We meet this hitchhiker tourist, played by the great Ray Wise. Yeah. One of the all-time that guys.
1: If you don't recognize Ray Wise, uh, turn on your television and just <laughs> wait.
0: <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll show up soon enough. Yeah.
1: One of the working actors of the last 40 years.
0: Yeah. A very fun role for him. I feel like this is a little bit outside of the norm for him. He's got kind of like Conehead's Loaf. The ears are like really, you know how like on like a lot of electric cars, they make the door handles kind of flush with the body of the car in one way or another. Mm -hmm. He's got like electric car ears (laughs) on this loaf of his.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's what makes his face so frustrating to get into. Right. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Keep tapping those ears and the mouth just isn't going to open.
0: Yeah. You kind of get the sense that some people like mansplaining how to use the ears. (laughs)
1: This guy is Arturus, and it didn't look like it was fun to play him with the long face he's got the entire episode.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but he's got a a hell of a knack for pattern recognition. He's, uh, He's helped in some of their trade negotiations because he can just pick up a language at the drop of a hat. Yeah, And this is an idea that is very exciting to the captain because she's like, well, like, does this translate? Like, can you recognize patterns in in math problems also? And he's like, yeah, like a pattern's a pattern.
1: So they go right to the ass lab. Like she was gonna walk him to his accommodations. Hey, maybe stop off at the condo first. Maybe get this guy set up. I'm sure he'd like to take off his shoes. Introduce him to Ensign Hospitality. Yeah, but that's not the case at all. Janeway gets this look on her face, and she's like, we're going to the ass lab right now, and Seven's in there, and they start working on this code. Yeah. And then Arturis kind of studies Seven at the same time.
0: Yeah. So he is uh, of a species that the Borg have not yet successfully assimilated. And there's a little, like, there's a little interesting eyes acting that Ray Wise does here to, you know, like, you see why nobody else in the scene notices it, but it's definitely relevant to him that there's a Borgs on board.
1: It's interesting how, in retrospect, Lecherous looks like revenge. <laughs> <laughs> You're much more attractive than the average drone. I am no longer part of the collective. Because watching this scene for the first time, I was like, Ugh, man, Arturus, don't. Oh, man. I- I really read it in a different way
0: because I was thinking uh, back on.
1: Well, he compliments her appearance.
0: Yeah, but like, I feel like that was like overcorrecting. Cause, oh, you think that's part of the cover up? Yeah, like we've had other aliens show up on board that are like, like we got to kill the Borgs right now, and yeah, the captain be like, no, you're not. Like, she's a member <laughs> of my crew. You're not allowed to kill her and i kind of got the sense that he was saying like oh yeah like love me a borgs no problem between you and me right <laughs>
1: love the band hate the fans <laughs> yeah yeah the way he describes the borgs as a as a kind of weather is an interesting description mm. he he harbors no specific ill will at seven yeah
0: weather They're fucking awesome live, but it sucks because like the crowd is just-
1: All they want to do is assimilate you. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So it does not take him long to solve the math problem here. Like it is in this scene. If anything is going to get cracked, it's
1: going to happen in the ass lab, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, a triaxulating recursion matrix is all it takes to uh, crack that ass. The answers
1: just start dumping out
0: Yeah, pretty fast. Yeah, like Adam after a hard night of drinking.
1: <laughs> They're like, this is more than one screen can contain. We actually need to go multiple screens on this like a fucking sports bar.
0: Yeah, they've got a, a blurry video of an admiral that isn't intelligible, but they also have a screen that has some coordinates and it it's like, you think Starfleet wants us to go there? Well, it's only 10 light years away, let's go. Easy. Nobody is like, what if it's a place they don't want us to go? What if it's like, I avoid this at all costs? Yeah, no matter what. <laughs> it's just coordinates.
1: <laughs> when they arrive at the coordinates, we're back on the bridge, and we see that there is a ship waiting for them, and everything about it is very Starfleety in appearance. Yeah. But what seems haunted about it is that it's not responding to hails. There's no one aboard. It doesn't seem damaged. And, and like all the lights are on. It's just there.
0: Yeah. This place isn't even a tomb. No, it's not. It's fine.
1: It's like the upper part. It's it's the church above the tomb, right?
0: <laughs> I, uh, I was very excited when I saw this ship. Were you excited to see the USS Shovel?
1: <laughs> I mean... I was shocked that this is a mistake that they made so long ago. And then just, (laughs) (laughs) let's go ahead and make another shovel.
0: (laughs) We can't improve the shovel, right? No way. (laughs) The shovel is a flawless starship design.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So Janeway, without a lot of answers, decides to send over a Dustbuster Club and Chakotay and Paris and Tuvok are the ones to go over. But when Janeway stays behind, she isn't super jacked up by the possibilities here. Everyone's excited on the bridge except for her, and Arturus asks her why. She's like, I've gotten my hope balls kicked too many times. Yeah. But I will admit, I'm leaning toward hope this time.
0: He uh, <laughs> he gets right in her nook to ask her about this. Yeah, Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like just having someone in your nook is enough to cause a Starfleet to abandon hope at this point.
1: I think so much about being a captain or an authority figure of any kind is probably like staying on an even keel,
0: right? Hmm. Yeah, especially if you're in a sailboat with a keel.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Or if you're reviewing movies and your first name is Pauline. Yeah, that was so fucking stupid.
0: (laughs) Uh, I liked it.
1: I'm just gonna, I open up the flap of my recording tent and I'm just looking out in the middle distance after that. It's fucking...
0: Didn't Pauline Kale basically retire from reviewing movies when Tom Cruise became a movie star? Because she was like, I just can't fucking do it anymore. Oh, really? Like, finally
1: the perfect specimen.
0: No, I think her her farewell column was like, if this is what movies are going to be, then I'm not interested any longer. Wow. Well,
1: (laughs) that, that seems about... 20 years premature <laughs>
0: uh yeah i mean uh, it's an opinion that many would say aged flawlessly
1: on the dauntless we see that this is a solarium class ship it is so bright and it's got like an e-street band amount of keyboards on stage <laughs> it does like oriented in that high-low configuration
0: yeah, yeah, but also the one that's kind of across so that you can do yeah. that thing where your like arms like spread out in front of the stage. So fun. Yeah, it's so Yeah, this cool. is a
1: ship built for performance. Yeah,
0: like you wonder why the keyboard is orthogonal to the front <laughs> of the stage until you see the keyboardist get on both keyboards at the same time and face the audience to rock out. It
1: looks so cool. <laughs>
0: wow. Wow, indeed. Our
1: course is locked in listen to me very carefully, because I'm only going to say this once.
0: Is this the same bridge as the, uh, as the... Andy Dick ship? As the Andy Dick ship? Can we just call it the Dick ship? Uh, The USS Donger? (laughs) (laughs) The Donger need deuterium. (laughs) Uh, I'm trying to find that bridge in that episode. I don't
1: believe it's the same. It's,
0: yeah, it's, it's not beige enough. Yeah, it, it's, not, uh, it's not exactly the same. I feel like they might be reusing parts of it, though.
1: That would make sense.
0: I mean... The Prometheus, that's what it was called.
1: That would make it economical, which is one of the main things about Star Trek.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely not the exact same bridge. Definitely a, a redress at minimum.
1: Tuvok looks at the at the screen. You know, all Starfleet ships have the big screen with the schematic, sure. like the side view cutout of the ship, and he looks at it, and he turns to Jakote and he's like, where the fuck are the nacelles? <laughs> this isn't a Starfleet ship.
0: <laughs> got a shovel face and a no-nacelles <laughs> booty. What are we dealing with here? Yeah, they're like, man, they're, like this thing launched like a couple of months ago, and yeah. it's here now. Yeah. And it kind of looks like it got sent there automagically. Right. Like, they they just put it on autopilot and sent it toward the D-Quad, toward about where they thought the Voyager might be. And they nailed it, and it, they're like, cool, like, Starfleet gave us a new ship that can get us home quickly.
1: I love how... <laughs> I couldn't get out of my head in this scene because when you're trying to solve a mystery like this, it seems like the very first thing you do is is look up towards the ceiling and say, computer, what is this ship for? And then you would get an answer. <laughs> right. But no one does that. Yeah. Everyone has to go play keyboards on their own.
0: Yeah. But they rock out and uh, as they rock out, the they don't quite get bangers, but the ship like rumbles. Yeah. Like...
1: When you have a, a ship full of keyboards, you're playing soft bangers, right? hmm
0: Yeah. Soft rock boat bangers. Yacht bangers. Uh-huh. And uh, so they're like, man, that must be the engine. So they go down to the <laughs> engine room. And uh the engine room looks like an exhibit in like a kid's science museum.
1: God. I wanted Enton Kim to touch this thing so bad and like shoot <laughs> his hair straight up. <laughs>
0: Oh, that would have been fun. This
1: thing is powered by a Tesla coil.
0: It is. Uh, It's not a traditional warp core. It takes them a a while to figure out that it's a quantum slipstream drive. Yeah.
1: And uh, like the moment they do, the ship starts moving on its own.
0: It jumps to this quantum slipstream and it takes the Voyager two entire days to catch up to where they drop out of warp.
1: Imagine spending two days on a ship that you don't understand, that isn't meant to have a crew, and probably doesn't have facilities as a result, right?
0: Well, we learn later it doesn't have replicators. Like, they, they were probably fucking starving. I could have used a lot more detail
1: about those two days. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is not a cliffhanger episode, but if you give me 20 minutes of the transit of the two days, (laughs) it might be worth going over the cliff.
0: Yeah. Instead, we just cut to a McLaughlin group. Issue one. Where they're looking at the cleaned up video from Admiral Hayes saying like, yep, as you suspected, this is a ship that we sent out to you so that you can get home. It's going to be rough. It's not going to be comfortable, but it'll get you home. We said...
1: (laughs) We set it up to give the first people who, who beam over a demonstration of how fast it can go. So hope that was good for you
0: guys. Yeah, I hope that was fun. And like it cuts over to them and they're all like wan because they haven't had anything to eat in two days. They cut to some B-roll of Admiral
1: Hayes like slapping the hood of the Dauntless going like, <laughs> this thing really moves. <laughs>
0: only four cylinders, but don't let that fool you.
1: It becomes super clear in this scene that this is the life raft intended for them to board. Like the idea is to leave the Voyager behind. And I was thinking, is this it? Will Janeway finally get to blow up her ship as she's always wanted to? (laughs) I wanted an auto destruct scene in this episode so bad.
0: I wanted it so bad. I'm going to blow up the ship, but first, there's one piece of static film still on this one screen that I've been waiting to peel off, just because once you peel it off, it's never quite the same after that. I'm going to peel this piece of plastic back from the screen, and then I'm going to touch the screen, and when I touch it, that will start the auto-destruct sequence. I've brought Neelix
1: over to the Dauntless, (laughs) where he's going to chop the celery very slowly. (laughs) This individual stalk of celery makes such a unique sound. I just love it.
0: Now that we're over on the Dauntless, just to be extra sure that the Voyager blows up, I'm going to let a volley of every single torpedo the Dauntless has go. (laughs) We're just going to play the audio really quietly.
1: (laughs) The meeting concludes and everyone is about as jacked as they've ever been about the potential to go home. Yeah. And Tuvok hangs back in the cut after this meeting. Yeah. Janeway asks
0: him to remain. They talk about like, yeah, this... uh Seems like exactly what we've always been hoping for. And yet it also seems too good to be true. Right.
1: Because their luck started to change as soon as Arturus arrived. Yeah. And that's weird because they're used to things not going their way most of the time. Is there something suspicious about this man? Why don't we put someone on him for the rest of the episode to find out?
0: Yeah. So they're going to meet this new challenge with an abundance of caution.
1: There's coffee in that good old-fashioned paranoia.
0: Keep me posted. And that means not just, you know, embracing the new ship, but also, like, learning everything they can about it and seeing if they can adapt some of the principles of propulsion from that ship to the Voyager.
1: Right, because they would be sad to have to destroy or leave the Voyager behind, right? Yeah. It's a great point someone makes because they're like, the Voyager is proven technology. Yeah. It's solid as Sears It's not gonna get us home fast But it'll get us home
0: Yeah We don't know shit about the Dauntless It's kind of like the first model year of a car they've, mm-hmm. they've always got bugs And things that need to be worked out
1: It Oh, guys Guys We can't take the Dauntless back No CarPlay <laughs> Forget
0: it It doesn't have CarPlay yet Yeah <laughs>
1: You know what? You almost got me, Rental Car Company. I almost took this one off the lot. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Not happening. Yeah. It may be a a less quality vehicle that I take next, but it's going to have CarPlay.
0: Yeah. My car didn't have CarPlay when we got it, and then they added CarPlay in That's like nice. a software update. And it was like, this is like a new car. This rules. I got a second new car for the price of one. Yeah.
1: That's great. It's really fun. That's one good part of the future, right?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Let's let's keep our fingernails desperately dug into this one good part of the future. (laughs) Try to maintain a little bit of optimism.
1: (laughs) We get a bunch of cross-faded
0: logs next. Yeah, log montage, if you will. We get Janeway's
1: log where she basically restates how suspicious she is of Arturus and maybe the Dauntless. And Seven's like, you know, I'm gonna be a pretty big part of this mission given what I know about slipstreams, etc. cetera. And Janeway's like, three months from now, will I be lightly petting my dog and getting heavy petting from Tom Mervins? <laughs> and then Seven drops the beat. Will I adapt to human civilization,
0: a single war among billions of individuals? She does indeed.
1: This is the first time where Seven gives voice to the the doubt she has about returning to Earth. She's like, yeah, um, they don't treat all XBs like Picard, right? Like, Picard, definitely the worst. He got pretty good treatment after going home again. He
0: rolled around in the mud with his brother, but... He's still got to be, like, captain of the flagship. He's, like, commandant of the Starfleet Academy now, right? The problem with Seven is
1: she doesn't have rank the way Picard did or does. Yeah.
0: And uh, they managed to get all the facial, like, the <laughs> the tattoo removal clinic that Picard went to, like, could do facial. Yeah. And uh, the the one that Seven went to could not.
1: Would your feelings about Picard have changed if they had to leave an eye dolphin on him forever? Oh, wow. That would have been an
0: interesting choice in TNG.
1: Or a scar of some kind, like any scar.
0: Yeah, he had a very like digital looking scar at the end of yeah Best of Both Worlds Part Two, And yeah, that would have been interesting if they'd left that.
1: Yeah. He's just got a very long Borg arm. <laughs> like, look, we could remove everything. Like, and I mean everything. Yeah. But for some reason, this, this Borg arm presents a pretty big problem. So
0: yeah. you're going to have
1: to figure out a way to live
0: with it. He's like, why don't you leave that? I've found it helps me get... Something off the high shelf if <laughs> I need to. I don't have to get a step stool out. Sometimes it wakes me up. <laughs> I call it the stranger.
1: <laughs>
0: Seven and BLT are kind of talking about like who's going to be in hotter shit when they get home yeah because seven is like yeah so like you'll you'll probably get arrested that's probably the first thing that'll happen to you and blt like flips this right back in her face she's like you're an xb everyone yeah. is gonna hate you even if you're not arrested they're gonna hate you say what you will about the make but the Makewees
1: never threatened to destroy the earth <laughs> <laughs> god before we recorded i ate an entire full-size snickers bar when was the last time you did that
0: Jeez. Jesus fucking Christ, Adam.
1: My stomach is looking up at me like, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Why, father? (laughs) I gotta say,
1: feeling great
0: otherwise. Wow. Wow. You guys did full-size candy bar house for Halloween? We did. Is that what a dual-income, no-kids house does? Since
1: being an adult, I've always been full-size candy bar house, like an adult who lives in a place with trick-or-treaters. Fuck yeah. And I'm surprised that more people don't do it. Kids were delighted to choose their own full-size candy bar at my house.
0: Wow. I bet they were. It should be commonplace. Yeah. It's just that when I walked into that drugstore and saw that they had the the Reese's thins in dark chocolate, I was like- Except no substitute. This is the greatest Halloween candy I've ever seen. I didn't even know that they made these.
1: Don't you feel like dark chocolate is for adults, though? I don't think kids would like
0: those. I greatly preferred dark chocolate when I was a kid.
1: Well, you were an adult child. Yeah.
0: I I would set down my uh, my copy of the New York Times <laughs> and eat a little piece of dark chocolate from Scharfenberger.
1: Chuckle to yourself about the New Yorker cartoon.
0: Yeah. I'd uh, put on my sheepskin slippers and pad back to the library to uh, peruse a copy of (laughs) Middlemarch. Yeah, that's you.
1: You really were a Tannenbaum.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So Seven has got some new misgivings. Like, she had her misgivings before, her ambivalence about this is the plan. Mm -hmm. She's been butting heads with Janeway more lately. It's been made... Like a part of the dialogue all through this episode, like, yeah, Seven and Janeway aren't getting along great right now in a way that, like, I was like, wasn't the last episode one? Like, yeah. the one where the most trust possible was extended to Seven and she did a great job with it.
1: Yeah. It does feel like a song sequence on the records kind of issue here with yeah. the last episode in this one.
0: Yeah. yeah. She's, so she's now like really starting to think about, does she even want to go? Yeah. And she is uh, thinking about this and leaves the engineering section while Harry does some solo haunted house scanning. I couldn't tell if this was like a hologram or something that he scanned. Like the whole panel kind of like blinks when he does this. It kind
1: of does that hollow shimmer, right? Yeah. I thought that's what it was, but it also looked like there was a force field when he held up his hand. Like it looked like he got zapped by something.
0: Yeah, there were some sparks. Yeah. He calls this into Tuvok and it's a suspense edit. We don't get to check back in on this for a little while.
1: Right, because at this point we've cross cut over to the ass lab where Janeway has not told the computer to erect the masturbation protocols on the door while she looks at Earth. A lot, a lot of pictures of Earth. Big, beautiful Earth on the screen.
0: (laughs) Yeah. She's put the ass lab in uh, private browsing mode, but she didn't lock the door. It's like a rookie mistake, Janeway. Yeah.
1: Can't do that. And she's got a lot of tabs open. It's not just Earth. Got some Venus in there, you know? Yeah. Oh, and Uranus. Mm. Totally. She's going to save that for the end, though.
0: Based on some of the ideas that uh, Arturis gave her, she's designed a new decryption algorithm that she's getting ready to try on that Federation signal. Uh, but before she can do it, she has a little heart to heart with Seven about, like, hey, like, I know that this might seem like really intimidating to you. Like, you're getting used to humans, and now you're going to be on a planet full of them. I'm just here to say, Seven, you've really come a long way, baby.
1: The visual language of Star Trek in scenes like this is so often like dirty single, dirty single, dirty single. Push. Yeah. Commercial, right? Yeah. But there is a very specific thing that happens in this episode that I feel like Star Trek only saves for the most intense moments, which is the profile double. Yeah. Like the profile two shot, the Will and Tom Riker shot. Because they both kind of turn into each other in the beginning. And that, to me, that said a lot about how intense this moment was about to get.
0: Oh, interesting. I didn't see that as a shot of two women facing each other. I saw that as a candlestick. (laughs) Did I watch a different episode? Yeah. (laughs) What
1: Was that an electric company thing or a Sesame Street thing where those (laughs) things come to life and they start talking to each other?
0: Oh man, I don't remember.
1: I know the family guy did a bit about that, but I can't remember what the original source material is.
0: Seven is basically saying like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to go with you. And the captain is like, like fun, you're not. Like (laughs) you owe this to us. And I thought that the captain really went all over the place in her argument for why Seven needed to come with them.
1: Especially when the cold open is about learning when to give up. Yeah. I totally felt empathy for Seven's situation here because she's like, I want to quit. Sort of like the lesson you were trying to teach me
0: at the beginning of this episode. And Danway is making the case that like Seven sort of owes it to them. And Seven is like, what are you talking about? I've, like, done my duty for God and country so many times.
1: Didn't this remind you of Rocky Four? Because Janeway is kind of the Adrian Balboa to Seven of Nine's Rocky, right? Where mm. Rocky yeah. finally realizes that she's afraid. There's nothing wrong with being afraid. There is. For me, there is. This is the moment where Seven goes into the holodeck and, and drives a Lamborghini Jalpa through all mm. 14 gears in the gearbox through, like, a thousand different tunnels in L.A., So that part did remind me of Rocky IV. The argument, not so much.
0: The argument reminded me of a different film because when Janeway calls Seven a coward and Seven says, if you were any other woman, I would kill you where you stand. Yeah. Like that reminded me of a different movie, but I can't put my finger on which one. Right. Anyways, the algorithm works and they finally get to watch this other video from Admiral Hayes and it is not a hopeful video. It's a real like hey like boy thanks for letting us know you're out there. Wish we could do something about it. I mean, we'll keep putting our heads together or whatever, but uh yikes. What a drag. I really
1: thought a lot about whether I'd or not I'd want to share this information with you. But uh TMZ got the footage, so I guess I'm obligated <laughs> to show you. Here is Tom Mervin's being Mauled by your dogs. (laughs) I don't know why. They just turned on him.
0: Yeah. Pretty bad. Just brace yourself. This is going to be very upsetting. All right. (laughs) Let's show that clip. We're leaving.
1: For some reason, uh, those Irish setters dined on his body for days.
0: I love the take that Kate Mulgrew gives when the camera cuts back to her at the end of this yeah. video like rolling her eyes like again like they will never take hope seriously ever again
1: yeah I'll never get another boyfriend like fuck this <laughs> I'm staying single forever it sure as hell looks that way after Tom Mervin's there will be no one for me
0: She radios up to Tuvok and Tuvok is there in the engineering section of the USS Shovel with Harry Kim and they kind of compare notes. Captain Janeway's like, yeah, so there's another video and it seems to kind of contradict everything in the first one. And Tuvok's like, yeah, there's like alien tech inside this ship and we're kind of suspicious and Janeway turns to Seven and says, uh, why don't we uh, go get some weps? I think this might be a good time for weps. We gotta have weps, he's the key.
1: Angry enough to grab weapons is such a great version of this moment too. Yeah. They could just beam him into the brig or whatever, but they want to have this confrontation that they have on the Dauntless Bridge.
0: It seems like Arturas is like getting ready to hit the purple button of go to slipstream. <laughs> I
1: love this thing. <laughs> This moment wasn't supposed to be funny, but it was very funny to me because of the Ray
0: Wise take. Yeah, yeah. He's like, Oh, I wouldn't want to do that. It's like a big red button. It's like, you just got to touch it, you know? Yeah. It's like that meme. It's like there's there's two purple buttons and they're labeled similar things and Ray Wise is sweating trying to decide which one to push. Yeah. So
1: Janeway beams aboard with Dustbusters out with a full-on security team. And publicly interrogates Arturus about what's up.
0: Yeah. But uh, he pretty quickly turns the accusation around on Seven. He's, he's like, she's the one that's desperate not to go there. Yeah. She must have messed with the data stream. She's the one that's been working on it.
1: I love a scene that demonstrates a surprising amount of alien strength. Because when Arturus decides that his excuses aren't working and- <laughs> And gets shot, like, and starts taking human shields and stuff. Like the phaser beams have no effect on him, and it takes two security people to drag him away from one of the keyboards. Yeah, but it's too late, Ben. He's
0: hit a demo button.
1: Yeah,
0: and uh, the ship starts playing a kind of annoying upbeat little musical track. <laughs> They're getting ready to go to slipstream. Like, people start beaming out, like, in groups. Yeah. They can't beam them out all at once, but they're grabbing them as quickly as they can. They had to beam them out in shifts. And meanwhile, the bridge is, like, shifting into a different colorway. It's going all evil. Yeah.
1: I liked Evil Bridge. Yeah. Great. Everyone gets beamed away besides Janeway and Seven. And when the Dauntless goes into slipstream warp, I was like, Stop the episode. <laughs> this is the natural point of hanging cliff, right?
0: Yeah, this is where you do it. But no, we have 14 minutes of episode left. Yeah. Plenty of time to resolve a situation like this. I've got to get that platinum. Put your platinum where your mouth is. I, I've got to get that platinum.
1: A good time so often has a downside doesn't it especially when it comes to stuff that you put in your birdie we've all been hungover before i mean many of us have i guess or we've had too much jazz in our gummy and that sucks right because you don't think about the time after the good time that you've been trying to have a good time that's why i like loomy labs so much it's the predictability through painstaking trial and error i have found my perfect dose it's what i can depend on when i can use a little more chill You might have heard us talk about Squarespace before, and you're thinking, what do I need a website for? I already have a bunch of profiles across the different social medias. But isn't it time you had a place online that wasn't owned by a social media company? How about you take control of your online identity with a website of your own? For that, there's Squarespace. With Squarespace, you can buy a URL and build a customized website with your name and not a giant social media company's name, with your name attached and a bunch of numbers at the end. With Squarespace, you can have a place on the internet personalized to your aesthetic that lets you tell people about who you are instead of an algorithm. And the best part is, you don't have to be an experienced designer or a web page creator to make something great because Squarespace is always there for you with their award-winning 24x7 customer support. Don't settle for being another company's product. Be your own product with a website that's all you, with Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code SCARVES. To save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain, that's squarespace.com. The code is SCARVES. Think it. Dream it. Make it. With Squarespace. Hi, Adam Pratica here for Podshop.biz. The easy way to dress, drink, and decorate virtually anything fast with embarrassment that lasts. Podshop.biz is not a cult and it's not a multi-level marketing scheme. It's a supercharged carousel of crap spinning at a high rate of speed for all your dorky needs. Ordinary web stores are a mess but with Podshop.biz you'll find products from all of our shows referring to many of our most popular bits. Shirts glasses and bags from other websites can damage your mood but not with podshop.biz our nerdy jokey bullshit will rebuild your damaged attitude and turn you into a person with riz turn your laptop from off the shelf to off the hook with a sticker make pool time cool time with our line of hilarious swimwear and stop raw dogging your smartphone Strap it up with the choice of designs that'll have you go from saying hello to hello. But that's not all. At Podshop.biz, you can choose from the Brenner Information Systems Collection, the Uxbridge Shimoda Corporate Collection, this old enterprise, logos for Greatest Generation and Greatest Trek, and more. Order now at Podshop.biz. Back for another game.
0: topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating.
1: Find us by searching for the word secretly in your
0: podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Captain. Captain. Captain, The U.S.S. Captain.
1: Chakotay makes clear that they've made some improvements to their own drive over there on Voyager, and, and they want to uh, hit the pedal on their own slipstream drive, right?
0: Yeah, and Paris is like, are you fucking nuts? We haven't even tested it. <laughs> we may all turn
1: into lizards.
0: <laughs> Sounds great. Chakotay's like, all right, Tom, just between you and me, I brought a huge chunk of rock up from my last away mission. I've been carving it into a bathtub. If we don't rescue the captain, this has all been for nothing. <laughs> A lot of work.
1: (laughs) Back on the Dauntless Bridge, we get the backstory. We get the why. Our tourist tells them that he's taking Seven and Janeway home. But his home's been destroyed. Yeah. By Janeway's deal with the Borgs.
0: Right. So it turns out he is pissed off about what happened with Species 42069 because when... Species 42069 started their war with the Borgs. It gave his people some hope that maybe the Borgs would finally be destroyed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they were laying back in the cut, hoping they'd destroy each other. That's not what ended up happening. And as a result, like with, with the Borg being permitted to survive that war, his home world was assimilated.
0: His people were scattered throughout the galaxy. Jane was like, "No, no, 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 no! Like you don't understand. Like species four twenty sixty nine was going to cleanse everything. Like they're worse than the Borg. That's the whole point of the species is that they're worse."
1: She never makes that case, though.
0: I know this is agonizing. He's so pissed off about this. He's so bent on Rowenge. What does it mean? It means Omata. It means. Ray she has context that would help him understand why the choices got made the way they did. And she doesn't share them.
1: No. And now would be a great time to share them because they're 10 minutes away from Borg's space.
0: And he's like, I was hoping to get your whole crew assimilated, but you two will do just fine. Oof! And they're like, you're going to get assimilated too, dude. And he's like, small price to pay. It's worth it. <laughs> We're all gonna
1: live forever, man
0: Yeah, yeah And he gets out a little mirror with a bunch of rails of cocaine (laughs) on it Starts offering it to them Do you guys want to get the scorpion ready for this?
1: (laughs) Back on Voyager It looks like there's some shimmering from some slipstream action happening But the ship's going too slow It's just barely impulse at this point Yeah and they can't hold things together,
0: they start pushing it, and uh, like all of the reporting from around the bridge are like the hulls starting to buckle, like it's too hot, it's not working, and then just suddenly like they're in it, yeah, and Tom Paris has like found the slipstream. They're not even that far behind the u s s shovel like he says we're just a few minutes behind them, yeah,
1: that seems unlikely,
0: one of the classic joke cuts in Voyager. Chakotay says, if I know the captain, she's already got a plan. And we cut to the brig on the USS Shovel where the captain is talking about how she wishes she had a plan.
1: One of the great comedy edits in Star Trek happens this episode with that, which doesn't say a lot about the history of comedy in Star (laughs) Trek at this moment in time.
0: No, yeah. But quickly she comes up with a plan, and the plan is uh, turn on enough Borg stuff in Seven that Seven can walk through the force field.
1: Yeah. This is a pretty fun magic trick here.
0: Yeah. They're working on this and uh, doing bits on assimilation, like talking about like, yeah, like we really have come to Borgogger heads, but when we're assimilated, our minds will be one. And so I'll understand why... You're being such an asshole all the time, or whatever.
1: It really feels like a scene that proves that inside every combat should be a toolkit. <laughs> <laughs> because when Janeway cracks hers open and and makes with the the handcuffs key, yeah, yeah, to work on Seven's dolphin with, I'm like, didn't Worf make like a personal shield out of his combat at that one is point? Great. What else is in there?
0: There's so much shit in there.
1: <laughs> I love this. I love the scene for another reason too, because it's subtle, but it's definitely in frame for almost all of it. Like while Janeway is working on the dolphin, there's an intimacy of her other hand and where it is on her shoulder. Yeah. And I thought that was suggestive of, of something, like maybe a piece being brokered or affection where maybe there wasn't any before but like there was caring to that yeah in a way that seemed
0: unusual a capacity for closeness that these two characters haven't seemed to have for each other
1: right you know how close two characters are by the other hand and Mm -hmm. what it's doing
0: yeah seven is like yeah you know like when you were calling me a coward before you were actually kind of right Mm -hmm. i was i was afraid about going back to the a quad yeah and
1: you know i just got upset because i don't know if i'm ready to Meet Tom Mervins.
0: <laughs> he seems like a pretty important dude to you. Yeah. I'm I'm not great with dogs. So
1: Yeah. Once the dogs get a hold of my implants, they just start yanking like I'm um, massive head wound hairy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so they can't stop this ship, but they can turn it. They're they're in the engineering of the Dauntless, and they they decide to try, like, firing all the thrusters on one side to point it in a different direction.
1: I love that Arturis has kept the Federation keyboards going in engineering,
0: like... Yeah, yeah. He changed the bridge to his own computer config, but he hasn't changed everything. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this turning the ship thing really overwhelms the inertial dampers, and that's all he can do to, like... Uh, hang on to the console and go over and turn off the, the propulsion.
1: I love seeing ships in Star Trek move like this yeah. in unusual ways.
0: Yeah, it's cool.
1: The idea that that like there is no shutting off the engine, it's instead like grab the wheel and jerk it into the ditch <laughs> is, is the
0: plan. <laughs> yeah. So Janeway goes up to the bridge uh, and tries to talk him out of his revenge scheme. I wondered if he was going to be tempted into this. Like there's a moment where... He's like hearing her and you see him like consider what she says for a second. And then he like reaches down and pushes a button and it like wharf lightning seven across the engineering section. It's like, no, oh, I guess he's not going to be talked out of his evil plan.
1: This part really hit for me because I loved seeing what the difference was between listening and hearing for this Arturus character. Like, yeah, he'll take an audience with Janeway. Yeah. But like he is totally resolute in what's happening here. Absolutely. And there's, like, the coldness to him gives me chills to think about. Like, there was never, ever, ever any other way that this was going to end.
0: But it does have another way of ending, Adam, and that's with a bunch of bangers being dropped. We see uh, an exterior where the Voyager fires what has to be the remaining torpedoes they have aboard, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're going crematorium-only, for crew deaths from here. <laughs> or just like old coffee bags.
0: Yeah. Some people are going to get buried in the Arboretum and have a tree <laughs> planted over them because they're kind of <laughs> groovy. Yeah. Does Voyager have an Arboretum like the Enterprise does?
1: I don't think so. I don't think it's got that. Kes tried to set up a grow-op there, but that It's less than an Arboretum.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Mostly air plants.
0: It was just hydroponics. <laughs>
1: It wouldn't really work to hang a body on a pole and then uh, put little plants (laughs) up and down the extremities,
0: right? Yeah, and it wouldn't work with hydroponics either, because like it'd be like you know the the body they find at the beginning of uh, Silence of the Lambs, like it's been in water for a long time. Like anytime you went down there to harvest tomatoes, you'd be like, "Oh God, what is that?" Just put some some Vicks VapoRub on your upper lip, you know? (laughs) Yeah, gnarly. So they beam the captain out. They beam Stefan out. Everybody's rescued. Arturus winds up in Borg space. What an ironic end for this character.
1: There's that moment, though, Ben, that's a lot like the episode where Data's made to sit in the chair. Yeah. Remember the end of that episode where... uh, he may or may not have shot. Right. And the question of that is like really something to ponder at the end of that episode. I feel like there's a moment in this ep that maybe the episode itself isn't even interested in it. Yeah. But there's a moment where they could have beamed Arturus away before taking the off ramp in the slipstream. Right. And no one even makes an effort to do it. Like you could save him from himself and they choose not to.
0: That's a great point didn't even think of it but yeah he uh, he meets his end as a member of the collective
1: they're going to need a lot of dolphins for that giant head right like
0: oh yeah they're going to
1: have to go to like some backup cubes
0: hey get an extra big dolphin guys
1: <laughs> no the, the long arm long arm's fine like yeah. <laughs> standard issue arm is
0: just great just going to need a great big dolphin <laughs>
1: <laughs> like dolphin triple xl yeah. not enough
0: i was trying to think of like when it was that they said farewell to the Borgs. And it was like a long time ago, right?
1: This is such a great question with how they broke this story because if for some reason, if Voyager had not made it to the off-ramp and had slipstreamed with the Dauntless all the way back to Borg space, could Janeway have said, we have a deal, we had a deal, yeah, not it, and <laughs> and cruise away. Like, could she have brokered for their lives in that moment or would it not have mattered? Were the terms of the deal over?
0: Yeah, hard to know, like, whether the, the Borgs can be trusted with a deal.
1: I mean, I, I've heard that we're going to see the Borgs again on Star Trek Voyager, so maybe that will be answered at a later date, right? Oh,
0: yeah, buckle up. You're not going to believe how much Borgs we're we, ha- we are still in for. I'm going to
1: guess a no deal.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wondered if it was like the same part of Borg space that they left Because like that means they basically went back to episode two of this season Yeah But then like at the end, they like they use the slipstream drive one more time until it burns out And they're like, well, we can't ever use that again for reasons
1: Yeah We have several more seasons left of this show
0: <laughs> Like, did they backtrack? Did they lose a lot of time? They don't give us... A context for yeah. what happened in terms of their like overall goal.
1: Yeah. Instead, we get a button. Yeah. Button, but no context. The entire crew has been ordered to take some R&R. And part of the way that Janeway and Seven spend theirs is back on the Velocity Court.
0: Yeah. A little uh, Velocity bookend. Yeah. Nice play. You almost had me. Almost. And uh, Seven is working on the Slipstream technology. She's going to keep working on that. Now, you know, now that the thing that's occupied everyone cracking the Starfleet code is, is done, she's going to keep working on that. And the captain's like, well, that's interesting because you were kind of like having misgivings about going to Earth right. at the beginning of this episode. And Seven is, uh, is feeling more optimistic about that now, feeling more like she wants to give it a crack, like integrating into uh, human society.
1: So that's it. You've just given up on becoming good at Velocity, have you?
0: <laughs> yeah, the amount of trash talk between these two characters, yeah. <laughs> absolutely wild.
1: <laughs> did you like this episode, Ben? You know, I'm really easy to get along with most of the time. But I don't like bullying. I don't
0: like threats, and I don't like you. I did like this episode. There's there's a couple of, I agree with you that they, there's like an episode order problem with this one being butted right up against one but uh, I thought it was a good episode, a nice, a, a nice non-cliffhanger end to a season, I thought.
1: I really appreciated that part of it.
0: Yeah. If, you, if you're going to go with something that isn't making a cliff kid of me, make it something like this.
1: Yeah. Right to the size of your story. Yeah. Not the other way around. How about you? Yeah, I did like this episode, even though I was kind of bracing for a mess. Like, you see that, that credit salad... At the beginning of an app, and I'm I'm sort of prepared for something that isn't as good as this episode that we got.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: As odd as the order of Seven and Janeway's relationship is, in terms of whether it's good or bad or whatever, I do really like that their story has become about how difficult it is when. You have expectations for someone, and like you're teaching them. Maybe you're a mentor, or you're a teacher, or whatever. But this is Janeway's situation. She's like, I'm making this person a person again, and trying to grow them up. Yeah. In a you know childbirth analogy, and it fucking sucks. I thought she was going to be a doctor or a lawyer, and she wants to be a, mu- a musician.
0: Like. Put this kid through four years of university and he wants to be a fucking Star Trek podcaster? Right. God! Fucking damn it! Wow! Oh! Really? What if fucking society collapses? What's he gonna barter with, Jazz? He has no real relevant skills at this point. <laughs> He's fucking almost 40 years old and he podcasts about <laughs> Star Trek for a living! <laughs> You try to teach some responsibility, and this is what happens.
1: Yeah. I think it is good to see examples of this in television. And examples of it being okay.
0: Yeah. She's not going to be a doctor or a lawyer, and that's all right. Well, my son is going to be a Star Trek podcaster. It's the family business, and I will accept no other choice from him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> ben, I will not accept any other part of our show besides Priority One messages. Okay.
0: Uh, Yeah, well... I demand them. Acceptance is key, Adam. Why don't we go check out what's in the inbox?
1: That's the final stage of Star Trek podcasting. Mm,
0: Yeah. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Need a supplemental income. Supplemental income? Supplemental. Supplemental. Yeah, it's extra. (laughs) By the interest alone, could be enough to buy this ship. Our first... One here is of a promotional nature, Adam. It goes like this Friends of DeSoto, I'm a doctor, not an engineer, and I need your help. Apart from being an OGFOD, I'm a dad, an ER doctor, and just became a patented inventor. I've created a self locking hanging device and was recently granted a patent. Keep that away from Picard's mom. <laughs> Uh, And David Carradine, am I right? (laughs) Is this a sex device, doctor? (laughs) Now I need help to license or monetize it. I have no experience in this area, but I'm sure there's an FOD out there that does. Is there anybody who can help? Also, totally by accident, the device kind of looks like a dong. Check it out at Fallock.com. (laughs) that's p-h-a-l-l-o-c-k dot com Uh, I think you're going to want to change the brand name (laughs) as like your first monetization (laughs) procedure yeah the uh, version one of this was hotel
1: room jack off (laughs) 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 device (laughs) now I went here and this has nothing to do with masturbation uh, it is exactly how it's described a new patented self-locking hanging device is clearly what this is. It's for hanging things on the wall, like picture frames and stuff.
0: Yeah, we see all these uh, all these gifs on here showing the different use cases. And like if it's open and you close a door on it, it'll close itself. Or if you uh, want to hang a picture on it, it like collapses down to flush.
1: I love the copy on this. Entirely by accident, this device does resemble something.
0: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, this is this is great. I hope somebody reaches out to phalloc.com and talks to this doctor.
1: You know what? This doctor should also put in for a P1 message on an episode of The Greatest Enterprise because uh, Dr. Flux's phalloc... <laughs> it seems like a tongue twister that, that would be perfect for this thing
0: oh yeah if you could get the Star Trek license and market it as Dr. Flox's Fallock, I think it would fly off the shelves <laughs> wow so Phalloc.com was uh, made on Squarespace and uh, this doctor used Adam Ragusea's offer code but uh, Ben and Adam if this works out they'll upgrade to the $100 level at the next Max Fun Drive. wow so you can help us and help the phalloc go to market if you are a business person who knows how to take an invention and get it mass-produced and, uh, and, and get it on shelves in stores.
1: I am living in a home without anything on the walls. I need a hundred of these now. Wow.
0: <laughs> well, it's going to take a long time to 3D print a hundred phallocs, but... Uh...
1: Damn it! <laughs> oh! I got all these bare walls and no... Wait, did it
0: Jesus! <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> it's going to be okay, man. I know that a friend of DeSoto is going to reach out and make this happen. I think so, too. I love the idea that our P1 inbox could become, like, the next Shark Tank. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. This is great.
1: Ben, our next Priority One message is from a mysterious benefactor. Mm. And it is to Ben and Adam. The message goes like this. The Jurassic Trek. That's all. That's the message. Excuse me while I go watch the above-water submarine movie Greyhound, starring Sir Tholomy Hanks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sir Tholomy
0: Matthew- Hanks. Yeah. It's a good... B1, mysterious benefactor. Yeah, I like it a lot. I'm a big fan of that movie and all of the works of Sir Thom Thomathy Hankis. I mean, Greyhound is a submarine movie. There's tons of submarines in that movie. That's the main thing they're fighting. Sir Thomathy
1: Hankis. It's like uh, it's like you bit your tongue. Yeah, yeah. Does this mysterious
0: benefactor have a tongue problem? <laughs> You get a tongue problem, mister? Is that ER doctor from the other P1 a uh, like an emergency ear, nose, and throat person? Maybe maybe we could hook these two people up.
1: Maybe Mysterious Benefactor accidentally put a phalloc in his mouth. Oh. Now he's dealing with the consequences.
0: This could be great, though. If Mysterious Benefactor has some, like, marketing and, and like, supply chain skills, this could be a match made in heaven.
1: I like this. Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe you can meet your professional match in our P1 inbox. That would be great. Or maybe you have an idea for a thing that does another thing that could also be called a dick joke.
0: That would be great. Please go check that stuff out and uh, get your P1 today. Set your future up properly. MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron.
1: You don't need a dick Named product idea, right? To do a P1, you don't need that, but it helps. All right, it does. Yeah. Ah! Hey Ben, what's that, Adam? Did you find yourself a drunk Shimoda?
0: Incredible drunk Drunk Shimoda. Shimoda! I did. uh, I'm giving it to the security people that grab our tourists when uh, they're on the bridge of his ship. The two people that get in the physical altercation with him trying to prevent him from pulling down that big shiny handle just gave it their all in a way that really delighted me. It was just a very brief moment, but uh, they were very funny. Worth going back and watching just for that one little moment.
1: I have a related Shimoda, Ben. I thought, does Tuvok still work security anymore? (laughs) It sure feels like Janeway took his gerb. Because every security decision made in this episode, and for most of them, this season, I feel like Janeway has been the one to make those calls. I feel like, it feels like season one and two, Tuvok, was all up in Janeway's shit about security and like making suggestions yeah. and doing things where even she was like, you know, Tuvok, you're being a little hard with the security right now. Maybe we should be <laughs> a little more chill. But now Tuvok's nowhere to be found.
0: yeah. On most of these decisions. Well, maybe he got tired of being wrong. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I think, uh, like, this might be a good time to say this. Now that it's the end of the season four of Voyager, kind of feels like Tuvok has been kind of sidelined as a character.
0: Yeah, I think that partly, like, not having Kes around to tell how to use her brain powers has given him less to do.
1: Yeah, he needs another jarb.
0: Yeah. Well, good shimotas, Adam. Uh, Let me tell you about next week's episode. It's season five, episode one, Night. Crew morale hits an all-time low when Voyager (laughs) must spend two years crossing an expanse devoid of any stars or signs of life.
1: Time to break out the stasis tubes, boys.
0: (laughs) Those stasis tubes barely got cold. yeah. Yeah. I hope you didn't de-replicate those because we're going to need them. Yeah. Let me tell you about how we're going to do that episode, Adam. For that, I turn to gach.biz slash game. Let me see. We're on square 30 right now. So mm-hmm. uh looks like I could hit a Delta Flyer square, which would take us all the way up to a measure of a man square. Whoa.
1: That would be a weird way to start a new season.
0: It would be weird. Uh, I could also hit a uh, Neelix's galley square here. So uh, a lot of uh, potential here on this roll. All
1: right. You're required to learn as you play. Roll. But no bathtub potential, luckily.
0: Holy shit. I did hit the Delta Flyer. We are on square 87. Holy shit. Next week's episode will be a measure of a man. It brings
1: a sense of order and stability to my universe to know that you're still a pompous ass.
0: The courtroom is a crucible, and if we burn away irrelevancies until we are left with a fewer product, the truth.
1: When people of good conscience have an honest dispute, we must still sometimes resort to this kind of adversarial system. And hopefully, we can make some good law out here. And for good measure fit on this. Haven't done one of those in a long time.
0: I know. This is the one where we flip a coin at the beginning and one of us has to argue in favor of the episode and the other has to argue against it.
1: That's exciting.
0: You know, I never did like debate in high school or college and I feel like I'm bad at it. So. <laughs> All right. It's one of the squares that I'm like low key the most afraid of. <laughs> right. I've got some trepidation going into next week's episode. Right.
1: You don't like arguing and you often... This is what you told me that your therapist says. You're yeah. you're too easy to seed, argument ground. Yeah, and I look forward to winning next week's argument with you, for that reason. <laughs> Just be yourself,
0: Ben. Boy, I should never tell you shit my therapist says ever again. <laughs> 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 Wow. Well, I'm really looking forward to that. Hey, I'm just looking at the P1 inbox here. looks like we have a good amount of inventory available in the coming weeks and months. So if you'd like to get a P1 on the show, go ahead and do it. We're recording this like three weeks ahead of time, so it might fill up, but um, I would consider this as good a time as there's been in a long time to get a P1 on the show that will actually happen like with some proximity to when you sign up for it. Yeah, yeah. We're usually running, you know, three, four months ahead on those and sometimes as much as six months. And so if you've got a message for somebody or want to uh, find a new business partner, do a P1. And with the holiday gift giving
1: season coming up, Ben, just imagine the look on a grandparent's face. Oh, yeah. As they open up a wrapped present And inside is one of those tags. Like if you go to a restaurant and you want to see the menu, you got to take a picture of it. Oh, yeah. You spend like a good 40 minutes teaching grandma how to...
0: How to use a QR code. (laughs) Yeah. So she
1: finally does that. And she's like, what the hell is this? It's like a web page for a podcast. You got to teach her about what a podcast is?
0: Yeah. So maybe a P1 isn't the perfect gift for everyone on your list, but I'm sure you can find something at podshop.biz. Yeah. And uh, hey, here's a little something. If you support the show, listen to the most recent bonus episode in the bonus feed for a little discount
1: code. What's the most recent bonus episode?
0: The episode of the Santa Monica Mountains that we just recorded.
1: That's right. Featuring Roxanne Dawson.
0: She's in an episode of Baywatch where uh, she plays a waitress in a restaurant in Mexico. Mm. Uh, And if you can believe it, that's not even the most fucked up part of the episode.
1: (laughs) Yeah. If you bet on a bunch of castanets in the soundtrack, you're wrong. You lost (laughs) a lot of money. (laughs)
0: Uh, We got to thank Wendy Pretty, our producer, who uh, keeps this whole train on the tracks we got to thank Adam Ragusia for the original music on the show. He's over there on YouTube and in your Podcatcher. Just search Adam Ragusia; he'll, he'll pop right up. He's got great podcast and great cooking series on YouTube. We got to thank Bill Tilly who runs our social media at Greatest Trek on Insta, and if it still exists by the time this is released, Twitter. <laughs> we got to There's got to be like a social network that doesn't. Completely suck ass by the time this comes out, right? we'll we'll be on whatever that is. Like
1: that's an evergreen comment, Ben.
0: Yeah, it'd be nice. Yeah,
1: yeah. When you slide into our DMs, you're really sliding in with Bill and us. You really
0: are. Yeah, uh, we should probably increase his his hazard pay. Yeah. So we'll see you over on Rumbler. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh, and we got to thank Nick Dittmore for the uh, the artwork for the show and for helping us out with podshop.biz. Yeah. But with that, we will be back at you next time with another great episode of Star Trek Voyager and an episode of The Greatest Generation Voyager where Ben's morale hits an all-time low because he is losing this argument.
1: Constantly. I'll go easy on you, Ben.
0: Hey, thanks. I appreciate that, bud. Yeah, I I seem to remember you just kind of forget to argue traditionally when we hit this square. (laughs) On the show and in life? Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's my main problem.
0: Yeah. Make it so.